The Aeneid of Virgil. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Aeneid of Virgil. Translated by John Dryden. Book Two. A nameless crowd succeed, their forces join to invade the town, oppressed with sleep and wine. Those few they find awake first meet their fate, then to their fellows they unbar the gate. Twas in the dead of night, when sleep repairs our bodies worn with toils, our minds with cares, when Hector's ghost before my sight appears, a bloody shroud he seemed and bathed in tears such as he was when by pelides slain thessalian courses dragged him o'er the plain swollen were his feet as when the thongs were thrust through the bored holes his body black with dust unlike that hector who returned from toils of war triumphant in achaean spoils or him who made the fainting greeks retire and launched against their navy phrygian fire his hair and beard stood stiffened with his gore, and all the wounds he for his country bore now streamed afresh, and with new purple ran. I wept to see the visionary man, and while my trance continued thus began. O light of Trojans and support of Troy, thy father's champion and thy country's joy, O long expected by thy friends, from whence art thou so late returned for our defence? Do we behold thee, wearied as we are with length of labours and with toils of war? After so many funerals of thy own, art thou restored to thy declining town? But say, what wounds are these? What new disgrace deforms the manly features of thy face? To this the spectre no reply did frame, but answered to the cause for which he came. And, groaning from the bottom of his breast, this warning in these mournful words expressed o goddess born escape by timely flight the flames and horrors of this fatal night the foes already have possessed the wall troy nods from high and totters to her fall enough is paid to priam's royal name more than enough to duty and to fame if by a mortal hand my father's throne could be defended twas by mine alone now Troy to thee commends her future state, and gives her gods companions of thy fate. From their assistance walls expect, which wandering long at last thou shalt erect. He said, and brought me from their blessed abodes the venerable statues of the gods, with ancient Vesta from the sacred choir, the wreaths and relics of the immortal fire. Now peals of shouts come thundering from afar, Cries, threats, and loud laments, and mingled war. The noise approaches, though our palace stood aloof from streets, encompassed with a wood. Louder and yet more loud I hear the alarms of human cries distinct and clashing arms. Fear broke my slumbers. I no longer stay, but mount the terrace, thence the town survey, and hearken what the frightful sounds convey. Thus, when a flood of fire by wind is borne, Crackling it rolls and mows the standing corn, Or deluges descending on the plains, Sweep o'er the yellow year, destroy the pains Of labouring oxen and the peasant's gains, 
unroot the forest oaks and bear away flocks folds and trees and undistinguished prey the shepherd climbs the cliff and sees from far the wasteful ravage of the watery war then hector's faith was manifestly cleared and grecian frauds in open light appeared the palace of Deiphobus ascends in smoky flames and catches on his friends ucalagon burns next the seas are bright with splendor not their own and shine with trojan light new clamors and new clangors now arise the sound of trumpets mixed with fighting cries with frenzy seized i run to meet the alarms resolved on death resolved to die in arms but first to gather friends with them to oppose if fortune favored and repel the foes spurred by my courage by my country fired with sense of honor and revenge inspired pantheus apollo's priest a sacred name had scaped the grecian swords and passed the flame with relics loaden to my doors he fled and by the hand his tender grandson led what hope o pantheus whither can we run where make a stand and what may yet be done scarce had i said when pantheus with a groan troy is no more and ilium was a town the fatal day the appointed hour is come when wrathful jove's irrevocable doom transfers the trojan state to grecian hands the fire consumes the town the foe commands and armed hosts an unexpected force break from the bowels of the fatal horse within the gates proud sinon throws about the flames and foes for entrance press without with thousand others whom i fear to name more than from argos or mycenae came to several posts their parties they divide some block the narrow streets some scour the wide the bold they kill the unwary they surprise who fights finds death and death finds him who flies the warders of the gate but scarce maintain the unequal combat and resist in vain i heard and heaven that well-born souls inspires prompts me through lifted swords and rising fires to run where clashing arms and clamor calls and rush undaunted to defend the walls Ripheus and Ephetus by my side engage for valor one renowned and one for age demos and hippanis by moonlight knew my motions and my mien and to my party drew with young coribus who by love was led to win renown and fair cassandra's bed and lately brought his troops to priam's aid forewarned in vain by the prophetic maid whom when i saw resolved in arms to fall and that one spirit animated all brave souls said i but brave alas in vain come finish what our cruel fates ordain you see the desperate state of our affairs and heaven's protecting powers are deaf to prayers the passive gods behold the greeks defile their temples and abandon to the spoil their own abodes we feeble few conspire to save a sinking town involved in fire then let us fall but fall amidst our foes despair of life the means of living shows so bold a speech encouraged their desire of death and added fuel to their fire
as hungry wolves with raging appetite scour through the fields nor fear the stormy night their whelps at home expect the promised food and long to temper their dry chaps in blood so rushed we forth at once resolved to die resolved in death the last extremes to try we leave the narrow lanes behind and dare the unequal combat in the public square night was our friend our leader was despair what tongue can tell the slaughter of that night what eyes can weep the sorrows and affright an ancient and imperial city falls the streets are filled with frequent funerals houses and holy temples float in blood and hostile nations make a common flood not only trojans fall but in their turn the vanquished triumph and the victors mourn ours take new courage from despair and night confused the fortune is confused the fight all parts resound with tumults plaints and fears and grisly death in sundry shapes appears androgeos fell among us with his band who thought us grecians newly come to land from whence said he my friends this long delay you loiter while the spoils are borne away our ships are laden with the trojan store and you like truants come too late ashore he said but soon corrected his mistake found by the doubtful answers which we make amazed he would have shunned the unequal fight but we more numerous intercept his flight as when some peasant in a bushy brake has with unwary footing pressed a snake he starts aside astonished when he spies his rising crest blue neck and rolling eyes so from our arms surprised androgeos flies in vain for him and his we compassed round possessed with fear unknowing of the ground and of their lives an easy conquest found thus fortune on our first endeavour smiled Caribus then with youthful hopes beguiled swollen with success and a daring mind this new invention fatally designed my friends said he since fortune shows the way tis fit we should the auspicious guide obey for what has she these grecian arms bestowed but their destruction and the trojans good then change we shields and their devices bear let fraud supply the want of force in war they find us arms this said himself he dressed in dead androgeos's spoils his upper vest his painted buckler and his plumy crest thus rephaeus demos all the trojan train lay down their own attire and strip the slain mixed with the greeks we go with ill presage flattered with hopes to glut our greedy rage unknown assaulting whom we blindly meet and strew with grecian carcasses the street thus while their straggling parties we defeat some to the shore and safer ships retreat and some oppressed with more ignoble fear remount the hollow horse and pant in secret there but ah what use of valour can be made when heaven's propitious powers refuse their aid behold the royal prophetess the fair cassandra dragged by her dishevelled hair whom not minerva's shrine nor sacred bands in safety could protect from sacrilegious hands on heaven she cast her eyes she sighed she cried twas all she could her tender arms were tied so sad a sight coribus could not bear but fired with rage distracted with despair amid the barbarous ravishers he flew our leader's rash example we pursue but storms of stones from the proud temple's height pour down and on our battered helms alight we from our friends received this fatal blow 
who thought us Grecians, as we seemed in show. They aim at the mistaken crests from high, and ours beneath the ponderous ruin lie. Then, moved with anger and disdain to see their troops dispersed, the royal virgin free, the Grecians rally and their powers unite, with fury charge us and renew the fight. The brother kings with Ajax join their force, and the whole squadron of Thessalian horse. Thus, when the rival winds their quarrel try, contending for the kingdom of the sky, south, east, and west, on airy courses borne, the whirlwind gathers and the woods are torn. Then Nereus strikes the deep, the billows rise, and mixed with ooze and sand pollute the skies. The troops we squandered first again appear from several quarters and enclose the rear. They first observe, and to the rest betray, our different speech, our borrowed arms survey. Oppressed with odds we fall, Coribus first, at palace altar by Peneleus pierced. Then Repheus followed in the unequal fight, just of his word, observant of the right. Heaven thought not so, Demas their fate attends, with Hippanis mistaken by their friends. Nor Pantheus, thee, thy mitre, nor the bands of awful Phoebus, saved from impious hands. Ye Trojan flames, your testimony bear what I performed and what I suffered there. No sword avoiding in the fatal strife, exposed to death and prodigal of life. Witness, ye heavens, I live not by my fault. I strove to have deserved the death I sought. But when I could not fight and would have died, borne off to distance by the growing tide, old Ephetus and I were hurried thence, with Peleus wounded and without defense. New clamors from the invested palace ring. We run to die or disengage the king. So hot the assault, so high the tumult rose, whilst ours defend, and while the Greeks oppose, as all the Dardan and Argolic race had been contracted in that narrow space. Or as all Ilium else were void of fear, and tumult, war, and slaughter only there. Their targets in a tortoise cast, the foes, secure advancing to the turrets rose, some mount the scaling ladders, some more bold swerve upwards, and by posts and pillars hold. Their left hand grips their bucklers in the ascent, while with their right they seize the battlement. From their demolished towers the Trojans throw huge heaps of stones that falling crush the foe, and heavy beams and rafters from the sides, such arms their last necessity provides, and gilded roofs come tumbling from on high the marks of state and ancient royalty. The guards below, fixed in the pass, attend the charge undaunted and the gate defend. Renewed in courage with recovered breath, a second time we ran to tempt our death, to clear the palace from the foe, succeed the weary living, and revenge the dead. A postern door, yet unobserved and free, joined by the length of a blind gallery, to the king's closet led, a way well known to Hector's wife while Priam held the throne through which she brought Astyanax unseen to cheer his grandsire and his grandsire's queen. Through this we pass and mount the tower, from whence with unavailing arms the Trojans make defense. From this the trembling king had oft descried the Cretian camp and saw their navy ride. Beams from its lofty height with swords we hew, then wrenching with our hands the assault renew. And, where the rafters on the columns meet, we push them headlong with our arms and feet. The lightning flies not swifter than the fall, nor thunder louder than the ruined wall. 
Down goes the top at once, the Greeks beneath are piecemeal torn, are pounded into death. Yet more succeed, and more to death are sent. We cease not from above, nor they below relent. Before the gate stood Pyrrhus, threatening loud, with glittering arms conspicuous in the crowd. So shines, renewed in youth, the crested snake, who slept the winter in a thorny brake, and casting off his slough when spring returns, now looks aloft and with new glory burns. Restored with poisonous herbs, his ardent sides reflect the sun, and raised on spires he rides. High o'er the grass hissing he rolls along, and brandishes by fits his forky tongue. Proud Periphas and fierce Automedon, his father's charioteer, together run to force the gate. The Syrian infantry rush on in crowds, and the barred passage free. Entering the court with shouts the skies they rend, and flaming firebrands to the roofs ascend. Himself among the foremost deals his blows, and with his axe repeated strokes bestows on the strong doors. Then all their shoulders ply, till from the posts the brazen hinges fly. He hews apace, the double bars at length yield to his axe and unresisted strength. A mighty breach is made, the rooms concealed appear, and all the palaces revealed. The halls of audience and of public state, and where the lonely queen in secret set. Armed soldiers now by trembling maids are seen, with not a door and scarce a space between. The house is filled with loud laments and cries, and shrieks of women rend the vaulted skies. The fearful matrons run from place to place, and kiss the thresholds and the posts embrace. The fatal work inhuman Pyrrhus plies, and all his father sparkles in his eyes. Nor bars nor fighting guards his force sustain. The bars are broken and the guards are slain. In rush the Greeks, and all the apartments fill. Those few defendants whom they find they kill, not with so fierce a rage the foaming flood roars when he finds his rapid course withstood. Bears down the dams with unresisted sway, and sweeps the cattle and the cots away. These eyes beheld him when he marched between the brother kings. I saw the unhappy queen, the hundred wives, and where old Priam stood, to stain his hallowed altar with his brood, the fifty nuptial beds, such hopes had he, so large a promise of a progeny. The posts of plated gold and hung with spoils fell the reward of the proud victor's toils. Where'er the raging fire had left a space, the Grecians enter and possess the place. Perhaps you may of Priam's fate inquire. He, when he saw his regal town on fire, his ruined palace and his entering foes, on every side inevitable woes. In arms, disused, invests his limbs, decayed, like them with age, a late and useless aid. His feeble shoulders scarce the weight sustain, loaded, not armed, he creeps along with pain, despairing of success, ambitious to be slain. Uncovered but by heaven there stood in view an altar, near the hearth a laurel grew daughtered with age, whose boughs encompass round the household gods, and shade the holy ground. Here Hecuba, with all her helpless train of dames, for shelter sought, but sought in vain. Driven like a flock of doves along the sky, their images they hug, and to their altars fly. The queen, when she beheld her trembling lord, and hanging by his side a heavy sword, What rage, she cried, has seized my husband's mind! What arms are these, and to what use designed? These times want other aids. 
Were Hector here, even Hector now in vain like Priam would appear. With us one common shelter thou shalt find, or in one common fate with us be joined. She said, and with a last salute embraced the poor old man, and by the laurel placed. Behold, Politis, one of Priam's sons, pursued by Pyrrhus, there for safety runs. Through swords and foes, amazed and hurt, he flies, through empty courts and open galleries. Him Pyrrhus, urging with his lance, pursues, and often reaches, and his thrusts renews. The youth, transfixed with lamentable cries, expires before his wretched parents' eyes, whom gasping at his feet when Priam saw the fear of death gave place to nature's law, and shaking more with anger than with age, the gods, said he, requite thy brutal rage. As sure they will, barbarian, sure they must, if there be gods in heaven and gods be just, who takest in wrongs an insolent delight, with a son's death to infect a father's sight, not he whom thou and lying fame conspire to call thee his, not he thy vaunted sire thus used my wretched age. The gods he feared, the laws of nature and of nations heard. He cheered my sorrows, and for sums of gold the bloodless carcass of my Hector sold, pitied the woes a parent underwent, and sent me back in safety from his tent. This said, his feeble hand a javelin threw, which fluttering seemed to loiter as it flew, just and but barely to the market held, and faintly tinkled on the brazen shield. Then Pyrrhus said, Go thou from me to fate, and to my father my foul deeds relate. Now die. With that he dragged the trembling sire, slittering through clottered blood and holy mire, the mingled paste his murdered son had made, hold from beneath the violated shade, and on the sacred pile the royal victim laid, his right hand held his bloody falchion bare, his left he twisted in his hoary hair. Then with a speeding thrust his heart he found, the lukewarm blood came rushing through the wound, and sanguine streams disdained the sacred ground. Thus Priam fell, and shared one common fate, with Troy and ashes and his ruined state. He who the sceptre of all Asia swayed, whom monarchs like domestic slaves obeyed, on the bleak shore now lies the abandoned king, a headless carcass and a nameless thing. Then, not before, I felt my cruddled blood congeal with fear, my hair with horror stood. My father's image filled my pious mind, lest equal years might equal fortune find. Again I thought on my forsaken wife, and trembled for my son's abandoned life. I looked about, but found myself alone. Deserted at my need, my friends were gone. Some spent with toil, some with despair oppressed, leaped headlong from the heights, the flames consumed the rest. Thus, wandering in my way, without a guide, the graceless Helen in the porch I spied of Vesta's temple. There she lurked alone, muffled she sat, and what she could, unknown. But by the flames that cast their blaze around, that common bane of Greece and Troy I found, for Ilium burnt she dreads the Trojan sword, more dreads the vengeance of her injured lord, even by those gods who refuged her abhorred. Trembling with rage, the strumpet I regard, resolved to give her guilt the due reward. Shall she triumphant sail before the wind, and leave in flames unhappy Troy behind? Shall she her kingdom and her friends review, 
in state attended with a captive crew, while unrevenged the good old Priam falls, and Grecian fires consume the Trojan walls. For this the Phrygian fields and Xanthian flood were swelled with bodies and were drunk with blood. Tis true a soldier can small honor gain, and boast no conquest from a woman slain. Yet shall the fact not pass without applause of vengeance taken in so just a cause. The punished crime shall set my soul at ease, and murmuring manes of my friends appease. Thus while I rave, a gleam of pleasing light spread o'er the place, and shining heavenly bright, my mother stood revealed before my sight. Never so radiant did her eyes appear, not her own star confessed a light so clear. Great in her charms, as when on gods above she looks, and breathes herself into their love, she held my hand, the destined blow to break, then from her rosy lips began to speak. My son, from whence this madness, this neglect of my commands, and those whom I protect, why this unmanly rage? Recall to mind whom you forsake, what pledges leave behind. Look if your helpless father yet survive, or if Ascanius or Crusa live. Around your house the greedy Grecians err, and these had perished in the nightly war, but for my presence and protecting care. Not Helen's face nor Paris was in fault, but by the gods was this destruction brought. Now cast your eyes around while I dissolve the mists and films that mortal eyes involve. Purge from your sight the dross, and make you see the shape of each avenging deity. Enlightened thus, my just commands fulfill, nor fear obedience to your mother's will. Where yon disordered heap of ruin lies, stones rent from stones, where clouds of dust arise, amid that smother Neptune holds his place. Below the wall's foundation drives his mace, and heaves the building from the solid base. Look where in arms imperial Juno stands, full in the sky and gate, with loud commands, urging on shore the tardy Grecian bands. See, palace of her snaky buckler proud, bestrides the tower refulgent through the cloud. See, Jove new courage to the foe supplies, and arms against the town the partial deities. Haste hence, my son, this fruitless labor end. Haste where your trembling spouse and sire attend. Haste, and a mother's care your passage shall befriend. She said, and swiftly vanished from my sight, Obscure in clouds and gloomy shades of night. I looked, I listened, dreadful sounds I hear, And the dire forms of hostile gods appear. Troy sunk in flames I saw nor could prevent, and Ilium from its old foundations rent, rent like a mountain ash which dared the winds, and stood the sturdy strokes of labouring hinds. About the roots the cruel axe resounds, the stumps are pierced with oft-repeated wounds. The war is felt on high, the nodding crown now threats a fall, and throws the leafy honours down. To their united force it yields, though late, and mourns with mortal groans the approaching fate. The roots no more their upper load sustain, but down she falls, and spreads a ruin through the plain. Descending thence, I scape through foes and fire, before the goddess foes and flames retire. Arrived at home, he, for whose only sake, or most for his, such toils I undertake. 
The good Anchises, whom by timely flight I purposed to secure on Ida's height, refused the journey, resolute to die and add his funerals to the fate of Troy, rather than exile and old age sustain. Go you, whose blood runs warm in every vein. Had heaven decreed that I should life enjoy, heaven had decreed to save unhappy Troy. Tis sure enough, if not too much for one, twice to have seen our Ilium overthrown. Make haste to save the poor remaining crew, and give this useless corpse a long adieu. These weak old hands suffice to stop my breath, at least the pitying foes will aid my death, to take my spoils and leave my body bare. As for my sepulchre, let heaven take care. Tis long since I, for my celestial wife, loathed by the gods, have dragged a lingering life, since every hour and moment I expire, blasted from heaven by Jove's avenging fire. This oft repeated, he stood fixed to die. Myself, my wife, my son, my family, entreat, pray, beg, and raise a doleful cry. What will he still persist on death resolve, and in his ruin all his house involve? He still persists his reasons to maintain, our prayers, our tears, our loud laments are vain. Urged by despair, again I go to try the fate of arms, resolved in fight to die. What hope remains, but what my death must give? Can I, without so dear a father, live? You term it prudence, what I baseness call. Could such a word from such a parent fall? If fortune please, and so the gods ordain, that nothing should have ruined Troy remain, and you conspire with fortune to be slain, the way to death is wide, the approach is near, for soon relentless Pyrrhus will appear, reeking with Priam's blood, the wretch who slew the son inhuman in the father's view, and then the sire himself to the dire altar drew. O goddess mother, give me back to fate, your gift was undesired and came too late. Did you for this unhappy me convey through foes and fires to see my house a prey? Shall I, my father, wife, and son behold, weltering in blood, each other's arms enfold? Haste, gird my sword, though spent and overcome, tis the last summons to receive our doom. I hear thee, fate, and I obey thy call. Not unrevenged the foe shall see my fall. Restore me to the yet unfinished fight. My death is wanting to conclude the night. Armed once again, my glittering sword I wield, while the other hand sustains my weighty shield, and forth I rush to seek the abandoned field. I went, but sad Crusa stopped my way, and crossed the threshold in my passage lay, embraced my knees, and when I would have gone, showed me my feeble sire and tender son. If death be your design, at least, said she, take us along to share your destiny. If any farther hopes in arms remain, this place, these pledges of your love maintain. To whom do you expose your father's life, your son's and mine, your now-forgotten wife? While thus she fills the house with clamorous cries, our hearing is diverted by our eyes. For while I held my son in the short space betwixt our kisses and our last embrace, strange to relate, from young Eulus' head 
a lambent flame arose, which gently spread around his brows and on his temples fed. Amazed with running water we prepare to quench the sacred fire and slake his hair, but old Anchises, versed in omens, reared his hands to heaven, and this request preferred. If any vows, almighty Jove, can bend thy will, if piety can prayers commend, confirm the glad presage which thou art pleased to send. Scarce had he said, when on our left we hear a peal of rattling thunder roll in air. There shot a streaming lamp along the sky, which on the winged lightning seemed to fly, from o'er the roof the blaze began to move, and trailing vanished in the Edean grove. It swept a path in heaven and shone a guide, then in a steaming stench of sulphur died. The good old man with suppliant hands implored the gods' protection, and their star adored. Now, now, said he, my son, no more delay. I yield, I follow where heaven shows the way. Keep, O my country gods, our dwelling place, and guard this relic of the Trojan race, this tender child. These omens are your own, and you can yet restore the ruined town. At least accomplish what your signs foreshow. I stand resigned, and am prepared to go. He said, the crackling flames appear on high, and driving sparkles dance along the sky. With Vulcan's rage the rising winds conspire, and near our palace roll the flood of fire. Haste, my dear father, tis no time to wait, and load my shoulders with a willing freight. Whate'er befalls, your life shall be my care. One death or one deliverance we will share. My hand shall lead our little son, and you, my faithful consort, shall our steps pursue. Next you, my servants, heed my strict commands. Without the walls a ruined temple stands, to Ceres hallowed once, a cypress nigh shoots up her venerable head on high, by long religion kept. There bend your feet, and in divided parties let us meet. Our country gods, the relics, and the bands, hold you, my father, in your guiltless hands. In me tis impious holy things to bear, red as I am with slaughter, new from war, till in some living stream I cleanse the guilt of dire debate, and blood and battle spilt. Thus ordering all that prudence could provide, I clothe my shoulders with a lion's hide, and yellow spoils, then on my bending back the welcome load of my dear father take, while on my better hand Ascanius hung, and with unequal paces tripped along. Crusa kept behind, by choice we stray through every dark and every devious way. I, who so bold and dauntless, just before the Grecian darts and shock of lances bore, at every shadow now am seized with fear, not for myself, but for the charge I bear. Till, near the ruined gate arrived at last, secure and deeming all the danger past, a frightful noise of trampling feet we hear. My father, looking through the shades with fear, cried out, Haste, haste, my son, the foes are nigh, their swords and shining armor I descry. Some hostile god, for some unknown offense, had sure bereft my mind of better sense. For while through winding ways I took my flight and sought the shelter of the gloomy night, alas, I lost Crusa, hard to tell if by her fatal destiny she fell, or weary sate, or wandered with affright but she was lost forever to my sight. I knew not, or reflected, till I meet my friends at Ceres' now deserted seat, 
We met, not one was wanting, only she, Deceived her friends, her son, and wretched me. What mad expressions did my tongue refuse? Whom did I not of gods or men accuse? This was the fatal blow that pained me more Than all I felt from ruined Troy before. Stung with my loss and raving with despair, Abandoning my now forgotten care, Of counsel, comfort, and of hope bereft, My sire, my son, my country gods I left. In shining armor once again I sheathe my limbs, Not feeling wounds nor fearing death, Then headlong to the burning walls I run, And seek the danger I was forced to shun. I tread my former tracks through night, Explore each passage, every street I crossed before, all things were full of horror and affright, and dreadful even the silence of the night. Then to my father's house I make repair, with some small glimpse of hope to find her there. Instead of her, the cruel Greeks I meet. The house was filled with foes, with flames beset, driven on the wings of winds, whole sheets of fire through air transported to the roofs aspire. From thence to Priam's palace I resort, and search the citadel and desert court. Then, unobserved, I pass by Juno's church, a guard of Grecians had possessed the porch. There Phoenix and Ulysses watch prey, and thither all the wealth of Troy convey. The spoils which they from ransacked houses brought, and golden bowls from burning altars caught, the tables of the gods, the purple vests, the people's treasure and the pomp of priests, a rank of wretched youths with pinioned hands and captive matrons in long order stands. Then with ungoverned madness I proclaim through all the silent street Crusa's name. Crusa still I call, at length she hears, and sudden through the shades of night appears. Appears no more Crusa, nor my wife, but a pale spectre larger than the life. Aghast, astonished, and struck dumb with fear, I stood like bristles rose my stiffened hair. Then thus the ghost began to soothe my grief. Nor tears nor cries can give the dead relief. Desist, my much-loved lord, to indulge your pain. You bear no more than what the gods ordain. My fates permit me not from hence to fly, nor he the great controller of the sky. Long wandering ways for you the powers decree, on land hard labors and a length of sea. Then after many painful years are past, On Latium's happy shore you shall be cast, Where gentle Tiber from his bed beholds The flowery meadows and the feeding folds. There end your toils, and there your fates provide A quiet kingdom and a royal bride. There fortune shall the Trojan line restore, And you for lost Crusa weep no more. Fear not that I shall watch with servile shame the imperious looks of some proud Grecian dame, or stooping to the victor's lust disgrace my goddess mother or my royal race. And now farewell, the parent of the gods restrains my fleeting soul in her abodes. I trust our common issue to your care. She said, and gliding past unseen in air, I strove to speak, but horror tied my tongue, and thrice about her neck my arms I flung, And thrice deceived on vain embraces hung, Light as an empty dream at break of day, Or as a blast of wind she rushed away. Thus, having passed the night in fruitless pain, I to my longing friends return again, Amazed the augmented number to behold Of men and matrons mixed, of young and old, 
a wretched exiled crew together brought with arms appointed and with treasure fraught resolved and willing under my command to run all hazards both of sea and land the morn began from ida to display her rosy cheeks and phosphor led the day before the gates the grecians took their post and all pretense of late relief was lost i yield to fate unwillingly retire and loaded up the hill convey my sire